If you're a pastor, elder, deacon, nonprofit board member, or business owner, I need you to listen to this. K&K Furnishings needs to be on your shortlist. K&K Furnishings are committed to helping you find the right furnishings for your church or organization. These guys specialize in quality worship seating, welcome centers, cafes, nurseries, classrooms, as well as stage and podium furnishings. The two owners have over 70 years of combined pastoral experience, so not only will every transaction be handled with integrity and professionalism, but they have the experience to provide you with the perfect solutions for your furniture needs, and they absolutely understand your budget constraints and demands. K&K Furnishings are devoted to providing you quality pieces that save you money. They can do this because they don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar store and they have relationships with over 200 manufacturers nationwide. Look, we all know there's a lot of junk out there. K&K understands that many times bargains aren't true money savers. They end up costing you more in the long run. At K&K, they believe that quality furnishings don't have to be outrageously expensive. And here's the best part. K&K Furnishings sells nationally and can also provide in-person consultations in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. If you can't meet in person, they'd be happy to set up a Zoom consultation for you today. So whatever your next project is, whether it's your home office or your church sanctuary, K&K Furnishings is the only place you need to look. Go to www.kkfurnishings.com to see how they can help you or call 567-318-4520. That's www.kkfurnishings.com or call 567-318-4520 or click on the link in the description of this episode. K&K Furnishings, furnishing business, education, worship, and hospitality for the glory of God. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I got to tell you about Jacob's Supply. Jacob's Supply is the place you got to go for all of your material needs. These guys bring you construction supplies and appliances for up to 50% off retail price, all brand new. Your home builder needs some lumber? Jacob's Supply has you covered. You a deacon at your church and you're in charge of that next Narthex floor job? Jacob's Supply has got you. Heck, they got Cortec Luxury Vinyl Plank right now for $3.59 a square foot. Go look that stuff up at Lowe's or Home Depot, man. That stuff is selling for $7 to $8 a square Square foot. That's over 50% off retail. Even if you just have some home projects you're working on, Jacob Supply is the place for you. I just built an outdoor grilling area this spring for that old smoker and grill. Guess where I got the metal roof, lumber, and screws? Yeah, that's right, Jacob Supply. Looking for a fridge, stove, washer, dryer? They got them all, and their name brand. Samsung, Bosch, Frigidaire, all 20, 30, 40% off retail. Brand new and ready for you. Located in Temperance, Michigan, it's worth it to stop by even if you're a few hours away. And remember, Jacob Supply can ship products nationally too. So even if you're out of state, you gotta check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Jacob Supply or call them direct at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978. 0978. Remember, Jacob Supply, quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now, on to the show. Almost coming a little too early every time. I'm Sometimes up. I wonder if we should go back to one of the other five. <laughs> 500 intros <laughs> that we, we came up with. Oh, I, well, I, I know those I say, intros. You know? I, I say we are blessed though to have someone like you who's who can just sit down and riff. Oh on no, you, man! You know? And then it's like, ah, it's, we don't like that. Well, let's yeah, switch the yeah, intro right, again right. this week. <laughs> it was always fun just, just getting in here with the guitar, and I think we had one with a slide. That was a lot of fun. We'll but, get uh, to it. We we got a couple anyway. gigs of audio saved that we can go through one of these days. Yeah, and, right. And update it. But I know you almost hold it for a uh, beat and a half, which I like. Yeah, I always come in just a little bit early. Right, like, oh, right. Gotta wait for it. Yeah. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good, man. Just. uh 
you know, enjoying the uh, the Michigan weather yeah. at the moment, I yeah. guess, if we have to talk about the weather every time we get on here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's, it's like, like weather hunting. But, dude, the thing is, is, like, if it goes from 20 to 60, mm. and then we have a bunch of tornadoes in Kentucky, I think yeah. we, I seriously think we had one go through. We might have. Where I, you know, like, I mean, it, was, it was crazy the other night. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, it's hard to stay away from that weather conversation at the moment. Yeah, we'll get to it. In it's Biden's too. climate change, right? That's right. Is that what we're going through? That's what he said. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's of all course. climate change, right? <laughs> but uh, no, I'm doing good. Uh, I don't know. It was a fun week. Did a little mini vacation uh, about 30 minutes from here. Uh, got back in studio. Good to see you as usual. Mm-hmm. I know we usually talk for a little longer, but I know yeah. uh, we want to introduce this guest that we have on the line. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jason, I am so glad that you reached out to him uh, because I've watched his videos yeah. and, and some of the content he has in his books are just amazing. But I'm going to let you. Yeah. You, you want to do the official intro? Hey, man, let's I am going to try to do this this week. <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens here. So uh, C.R. Wiley. Um, we are actually going to refer to him as Chris Ooh, we get to say today. Chris. We, we get, get we, we, we were given permission, so that's okay. That's how close we are. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, a uh, great guy. Great guy. Love all of his content. I just want to read a little bit of his bio from his uh, website. Yeah. Um, he hated eighth grade so much that he took it twice. Oh, okay. Love it. Fortunately, his, it. yeah, his imagination filled in what the, what life left out. He okay. drew a lot and actually got pretty good at it. Besides writing for magazines and publishing books, he has been a pastor, a college professor, a commercial real estate investor. Hey, Greg. Okay, let's talk. A landlord. Hey, well, no, you're not a landlord (laughs) yet. yet. And a building contractor. Man, oh man. Um, He has been happily married for over 30 years, and he has three grown children. He resides in the state of Washington. Um, He's written for so many magazines and and he's written too many um uh, some great books the household um, and the war for the cosmos was the one that gripped me and uh that's why i decided to get a hold of mr c.r wiley all right welcome (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for having me guys Uh, i I like that that uh, applause track. That's great. Yeah. I, I should have that go with me through my life. Every, <laughs> right. time, I, every time I walk into a room, it should be turned on. <laughs> right. We, we, right. we right. actually tell people we hire 100 people for each yeah. episode to actually clap for our guests. In our, in our little garage area <laughs> we have here. <laughs> I, like your, I like your studio there. That's fun. Thank I like, you. I like yeah. it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so good to have you on, Chris. Uh, like we said in the intro, I mean, some of the stuff, the content you put out is speaks to me, I know it speaks to Jason. Oh, and yeah. it's it's for the time. Yeah. It really is. And Definitely. I know when Jason reached out to you, we we didn't really have a specific thing, but we said we know if we threw out some subjects here, uh, Chris could really jump on board with biblical fatherhood, uh, masculinity yep. this mm-hmm. day and age, yep. right? We we wanted to cover. Um, and we're gonna get into those things, but I know first we want to do a little newsy news and we want your input. So if you have something to say about a news story we talk about that's going on in the culture this week, we'll throw it to you and we'll definitely get your input too. But wanna do some news? Let's do it. Let's go. News, the news, the newsy news, the news, the news, the news, the news, the news, the news, news. We got some news. All right. All right. Yeah. That is Tom Askell approved Newsy News. Thank you, Mr. Tom Askell. You can catch his reaction on our YouTube channel yeah, or he, on Reformed Funny Moments. He loved it. 
Because <laughs> you guys yeah. are idiots. But uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like so uh, the first uh, newsy news story is mm. from AP News. This okay. was dropped on December 8th. Um, joining drag queens on TV show costs Indiana pastor his job. Wait, what? So, yeah, so Reverend, if you want to call him that, Craig Duke has been a Methodist minister for three decades, building a reputation as a staunch advocate of LGBTQ inclusion. His pastoral duties have now been terminated, the result of a bitter rift surfacing in his Indiana church after he sought to demonstrate solidarity by appearing in drag alongside <laughs> prominent drag queens in the HBO reality series, We're Here. Duke, 62, <laughs> said he thought most of his 400-member congregation at Newburgh United Methodist Church shared his inclusive views, and he was taken aback when a prominent congregation member, soon backed by other churchgoers, circulated emails attacking him. You have thrown NUMC under the bus to elevate a minority of individuals, Mm -hmm. said one of the emails. Another, according to Duke. Yeah, so anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's ba- what happened. So he, basically, he was too got far a drag off for United show. Methodist. Yeah, yeah, for a United Methodist Church. Yeah, which is incredible. unbelievable. Well, you know, you see that you're seeing this just more and more. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That's why, Have like, to include everyone, right? I mean, with like the you know, even like uh, with Vody talking about the cultural Marxism and all that mm-hmm. stuff going on. I mean, we're seeing this crazy shift, and I know Chris talks about this all the time too. Mm. But it's it, it's the normalization of these evil things, even within church denominations, is. Is insane, right? Exactly. It, it, it's I, and we have a local ad running down here. We're in Michigan, but we're very close to Toledo, Ohio, of a church, and it's you know two men in their son. Oh, come to our church. You won't be judged. Come to our Christmas right. night special. And it's like, what? What are we doing here? Right. I mean, what's going on, Chris? Are we just going to keep seeing more and more of this, or what do we do as the church? Well, I, I do think we'll see more and more of it. I think it's going to play itself out to a point where. Um, it, things just can't be sustained any longer. But, you know, I think the thing that we we need to kind of remember is that the United Methodist Church back in the day was sound. And uh, when it came to biblical sexuality, orthodox, and it wasn't that bad long ago. Right. Uh, I, uh, I know guys in that world. I had a, I had a friend who actually attended a church I pastored on Cape Cod, who was kind of the head of the conservative movement within United Methodism. Uh, I've got a friend who pastors a United Methodist Church, I believe, in Oklahoma. And so there are still some some guys when it comes to the subject of, you know, uh, biblical sexual ethics are sound. Um, we would disagree as reformed guys with them on, you know, the order salutis and things like that. But at least when it came to the question of right and wrong, the law of God, you could say these guys and, uh, you know, we are on the same page. But there were guys back in the day. Uh, who said it could never happen in the United Methodist Church. Mm. And look where they are. Yeah, and, and there are people who say the same thing about the PCA. It could never happen here. But, you know, I think it can. So I'm in the PCA. I don't know where you guys are, you okay. know, put your, put your uh, yeah, you know, where, where you guys are members. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's just, uh, you know, I think it's uh, not something we, we can take for granted. Yeah. I think that... Um, the in, is sort of the, the kind of the things that ought to concern us are already present in the PCA. And there are people in the PCA who are aware of it, but whether or not, uh, you know, our denomination, the denomination I belong to is going to be able to address these things is yet to be seen. 
So we'll see how it all plays out there. But um, also, you know, I, I went to Harvard. I went to Harvard Divinity School. I remember talking with people there in class when I was a student about this kind of stuff. And these were progressives. These were people who would say, oh, you're just slippery sloping. It'll never happen. Well, I want you to know I was right. They were wrong. But I, I suspect that they all they they were um, not being honest. Mm. I think they knew that that things were going where they are going or have gone. And they, they were actually uh, anticipating it and hoping it would be the case. They were just playing a little game of uh, let's not get the conservatives too worked up. Yeah. Even, right. you know, this was back in the nineties. So even sure. in places like, you know uh, you know, the United church of Christ, which is the congregationalist in New England. And, and even in places like that, people didn't want to go that far. Mm. They didn't want to have dragged Queens as pastors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here, here we are you know, 2021. <laughs> And uh, you can have that kind of thing. I, I I take my hat off to whoever it was in his congregation that decided to, this was one step too far. Yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, it, it was one step too far, about 40 steps back. And right. yeah. it should have been addressed a long time ago there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you find up in the Northeast uh, that there was more of a, a liberal outlook within the church? I mean, I, I lived on uh, Martha's Vineyard for about oh, okay, four, sure. four or five months, uh, West Tisbury. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, I, uh, I went to a very conservative church, but I mean, I just don't know. I, I, that was, that was, uh, 20 years ago now. So I just, yeah. I just didn't know if, if it was turned a little bit more liberal than, you know, it, it had been, you know, but I think that, that, uh, in new England, I, I served in new England, as you know, for mm-hmm. years, and I was actually on Cape Cod and been to the vineyard a few times. Yeah. Um, I think that what you have in New England is they went through uh, a kind of a, I guess, a crucible that the rest of the country is going through now, but they went through it like 30, 40 years ago. Mm. So the churches that I remember who were sound and orthodox on Cape Cod, you know, when I was there yeah. are, are still that way. Mm. Um, but, but it's, bec- it's not because they were so much smarter or more spiritually, um, I guess, uh, responsive to God's spirit or anything like that. It's just that they, they, they're kind of like been there, done that. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> we, mm. we, we are the church I belong to split over that in 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if it got more progressive, you know, since uh, everything well, was just I, kind of, well, I, I, so... I will say, you know, I, I am a, a member of the Southern New England Presbytery, even though I, I'm in Washington state. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that are, you know, going on in some uh, sort of areas of the reform world in New England that I'm, I am concerned about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Gotcha. No, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm a product of the eighties and nineties. I'm an eighties kid. And I just remember there was some like non-negotiables right. uh, nationally with churches on social issues. And now they all seem to not only be negotiable, but yeah. uh, being flaunted. Right. We've, we've come pretty far in a, in a short period of time. Right. Um, let's move on to the second one. So obviously we got to touch on this. This is being recorded a couple days before you will be listening to it listeners. But uh, so you've heard that there was tornadoes. We alluded to it earlier yep. at the opening. Um, man, 50 different tornadoes that struck eight different states, including so, Arkansas, wow. Illinois, yeah. Indiana, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi, Ohio, and Tennessee. And we even got some up here in Southern Michigan, some of that weather, yeah. um, high winds, gust gales, trees down, things like that. Um, they're estimating more than a hundred people dead. And, um, uh, 
at least 80 of those in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, but they're still counting. And man, we didn't even let the uh, the wind die down. And in, in the uh, Biden administration already said, well, th- this is what happens when yeah. the uh, planet warms up. It's climate change and we exactly. need to uh, clamp down. <laughs> well, what was yeah, it, it first? It was global warming and then it was oh, global. Oh, no, it was global cooling. Or global cooling. That's right. That's right. Man, Time Magazine <laughs> in 1975. We're going into an ice age. We're all going to yeah. be frozen. 10 years later in the 80s. Oh, it's global warming. We're yeah. all going to burn. And it's oh, in the 90s. Now it's well, now it's just climate change, exactly. it's be hot yeah, or cold. Yeah. They don't know. You're right. Okay? There's, there's, there's one entity that knows, and he's ruling and reigning on the throne right now. Mm. Um, I don't know. I kind of fall on on that on the climate change thing, if we're going to touch on right, that. Right, right. Look, we have some type of impact, of course, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's laws of thermodynamics and energy being transferred and stuff like that. Is it to the extent that uh, some paid scientists have said? I don't think so. Right. We actually now have more ice in in the south and north pole uh than we did 50 years ago since we started measuring it um but uh, i think it's all control i I think it's you know control through taxation control through regulation i mean that's what the governments want yeah it's what they do what what do you think chris obviously our hearts go out to the families who lost people definitely in the in the uh tornadoes but uh is this the end times, man? Yeah. Are we? Is, is your eschatology telling us that Christ is coming back any minute? Right, right. Well, you know, I, I'm pushing 60, and uh, I've seen this kind of thing before. You know, I've, mm. I've seen big tornado outbreaks mm. uh, maybe a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my, my, my oldest son and his wife live in Nashville, and they, mm. they told me a little bit about what they went through just today. We were on the phone. But uh, yeah, I mean, Club of Rome, I think it was 1972, the big study came out of the Club of Rome and they were calling for all the same things you hear people calling for today. How long ago was that? You know, it's uh-huh. what uh, going on 50 years. Mm. So I think um, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of uh, freaky alarmist kind of stuff. But I think a lot of these folks just justify their their pay by getting people worked up and afraid and sure. saying, you know, I'm in charge and I'll help you out. Yeah. So. Uh, I just saw that. Uh, if you guys are you guys familiar with the old science fiction dystopian film uh, Soylent Green? Uh-uh. No. Soylent, yeah, it came out I think in like 1972. Okay. And it it predicted uh, the sort of a, a kind of a global ecological uh, kind of overpopulation crisis, and it stars Charlton Heston. And it's and the film is is situated in 2022 Mm. (laughs) and in the film the city of new york has like like 40 to 50 million people and it's just like this incredibly freaky uh situation in which people uh are actually recycling dead bodies to eat them that's what soylent green is but it's a big it's a big uh you know sort of cover-up no one's supposed to know but but when I was a kid in the 70s, that's the kind of world we lived in. You know, we had Planet of the Apes, Omega Man, Soylent Green. It was a lot of nutty kind of uh, environmental freak out, mm-hmm. just like there is today. And so, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've seen this movie before, you could say, and I've, yeah. I've, I've uh, seen it more than once. So this is like my third or fourth time through this alarmism. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little jaded. <laughs> and you still didn't get caught up in the sky yet yeah. you know, <laughs> with the naked yeah. rapture. Yeah, Yeah, right, right, right. No, it is kind of crazy. I mean, uh, you know, age is a natural type of maturity. Obviously, there's discernment and wisdom that we seek after in the Bible. But yeah, I'm I'm 40 this year, and uh, I'm already kind of going, yeah, history kind of repeats itself. Yeah. Uh, And that's also why I just do not understand how in this country, this is off subject, but it's always bothered me how we take our elders and those who have accumulated the most valuable commodity 
commodity, which is time. They have the most of it, and we just kind of ignore them. Right. I find when I'm with people, yeah. I find the guy who's done it, exactly. been there, uh, made the mistakes. Give me all fifty years of your business knowledge in five right. minutes. Exactly. So I don't yeah, make yeah. those. It's like as as fast as you can. Tell me all about the stock market. <laughs> Right. You know, they're just looking yeah. at you like, uh, I, I can't do that, kid. But, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it's true, though. It's like, it's crazy. man, oh, man, when yeah. I started trading, I mean, it was it was one of those things. I was gobbling up all this information. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you can you can get all the information you want. You can think that you're going to reinvent the wheel. But it's like, man, people have been trading on the stock market forever. So, you know, yeah. just take some wisdom from the guy that's already done it. And then you'll make, you know, make a little bit of money. But then again, go ahead and, you know, buy Shiba Inu, Inu you know, <laughs> Shiba Inu, Inu or whatever. Yeah. That is buy not financial crypto. advice, by the way. Yeah, just, just making sure everybody knows that. that. Yeah. I can't yeah. entertainment purposes. Well, um, do you want to do one more? Or you want to bring home? Yeah, no, you? let's go. Let's go ahead and get into the subject. We've, we've been kind of riffing quite a bit here. Oh yeah. Unless you want to, I, I I just like doing this. And that was. Oh, the there we go. Okay. All you right. Just, you, have a, right. you have a buttery oh, smooth go. voice there, Jason. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get into it. So yeah. you talk a lot about this, Chris, and we maybe we can just kind of start general and, and see where we go. Um, my first inclination when we brought up these topics was the one that popped out to me is masculinity. It seems mm-hmm. to be this hot button word. We had, you know, first, second, and third wave feminism now that has kind of tried to define it. We have obviously biblical masculinity. We have secular masculinity, which I would say for a long time kind of modeled biblical masculinity. Now we see that kind of like what's going on. Is it important to understand what masculinity is? Is there a difference between biblical masculinity and secular masculinity? Should we be teaching our children and, and our friends and people that we come in contact with how to model masculinity? What What are you thinking? Well, yes. <laughs> and, and yeah, there right. we go. All right. Thanks so much for having. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that uh, men and women are different. That's where I where I start. Uh, I believe that this is uh, scripted in cre- to creation. So I don't think that uh, our efforts to kind of uh, homogenize or make uh, androgynous, uh, you know, human beings is going to work. I think that uh, we're in a period of time where people have have confused freedom with uh, a kind of, uh, well, I guess, uh, uh, I guess uh, autonomy where you just can kind of like make it all up from scratch or zero. So I think that uh, we'll, we'll come through this period of time. It may take a while for it to play itself out, but I think we'll come out on the other side of this time and we'll, and our, and our children or our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren will look back and all the craziness that we're experiencing at the moment and say, what were they thinking? Mm. What was going on? Uh, I, so I think that kind of uh, getting back in touch with just fundamental truths uh, and not freaking out about a whole, all this other kind of stuff, but just kind of holding onto those things and sort of weathering the storm is what we need to do. When it comes to the subject of masculinity, I think that men uh, and women were made for each other, mm. which means that they're not made uh, sort of interchangeably. They're not intended to, to sort of uh, be swapped out uh, so that whenever you end up with some kind of attempt to, you know, uh, live without the other half, women trying to live without men or men trying to live without women is just nuts. It mm. just doesn't work. And uh, furthermore, it's sterile. You know, we need each other to to have another generation. So all this kind of stuff is in my mind, just basic creation truth. And we just need to stay in touch with that kind of thing. Uh, that basic creation truth is uh, the, you know, the reality that has been established by the creator. Uh, and it also serves as a basis for understanding redemption. And that's one of the things I got into in my book, household and the war for the cosmos. So 
when it comes to doctrine, we cannot afford to go soft on these matters. Uh, we, we defend these truths not because of some political or, or cultural uh, you know, agenda. We defend these truths because we're, def- we're, we're speaking to reality. We're saying these things are, are real and true. And um, our understanding even of salvation, the world to come, depends on our understanding these truths. So I think these things are, you know, just realities. Now, when it comes to masculinity, I think that uh, there are certain characteristics that we uh, associate with masculinity. And I think these, these things have been, uh, they've been slandered Mm. in the last 30 plus years. And when you, when you're slandered, I mean, if we think about it just as a, you know, human being, you know, if you, if you've been slandered, uh, one of the things that is sort of, uh, I think, uh, paradoxical about having to live with slander is that the more you protest, the better you look or the worse you look. In other words, you know, thou protestest too much. You know, yeah, you're, yeah. I, I think you just kind of have to live it down. I just think you have to kind of because I do think because these things are real, uh, you just you continue to, to you know, live accordingly. But uh, and you do present you know, a a reasoned defense when you're asked for one or when one is required. Uh, But you don't get too worked up about having to to carry the day because reality carries the day. In in the end, you just say, this is just the way the the world is made. (laughs) Show me what you got. So, so like I lived in Cambridge, I lived right between Harvard and MIT for a decade. I have lots of uh, encounters with people who disagree with me about just about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I would say, you know, in effect, show me what you got. Mm. What yeah. do you got? Prove, prove it. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I hear your, your, your critiques. I give you some, uh, you know, uh, points for some things that you, you know, you know, uh, are saying, but, you know, show me a better way and, and not just, uh, you know, a couple of snapshots of a couple of lesbians with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> show, yeah. show me what you got over generations. Yeah, sure. So prove it, prove you can do what you're, what you're talking about. Now they know they can't, they they always shut down at that point, but I think that's kind of where we are. God argues with re, by, by uh, his judgments in the real world. God doesn't spend a lot of time worrying about whether or not he's winning an argument. You know, one way God wins the argument is just saying, okay, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're off the stage. You wanted it your way. Okay. I'll give it to you your way right. really hard. Right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. get exactly what you want and you're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am life. You are not. Right. You depend on me. I don't depend on you. Mm-hmm. This is just the way it works. Yeah. So now, you know, we may not live to see the day when what we know is common sense is common again. Yeah. Uh, but it will come back. It just, because the, they've got no game. So like when another thing I do when I talk to these folks is I say, okay, um, I, I, let me, I'm going to make a prediction. Everybody who thinks like you is dead in a hundred years. Mm. You have no children. You're not having children. And the only way you can pass on what you have to the next generation is by taking over institutions that instruct other people's children. Yeah. That's the, that's your strategy. You're like the shakers. That's the, that's the game they played. Mm. So in terms of the long game, it's either us, the Christians, or the Muslims. 
What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which people group right. would you exactly. prefer? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember growing up and, you know, with, uh, with Rocky, macho man, Randy Savage, okay. you know, Hulk Hogan, baby. I mean, yeah. you know, all yeah. these like really, really manly tough, you know, Arnold, Arnold, I mean, right, you know, right, pumping right. iron, everything like that. <laughs> and I mean, my dad, you know, he was, he was always like, yeah, yeah. You know, run around the room, get, get strong, do push ups, whatever, <laughs> you know? And, uh, now, I mean, it's like, you're looked down upon if you, yeah. you, you know, uh, if you have that, uh, type of you toxic know, that's, masculinity yeah, toxic that's, that's masculinity it, yeah. yeah exactly you know and uh, it's just very unfortunate where you know cancel culture has just sure. attacked the man role in, in the manly uh, well should we call it manly role in the family yeah. um uh, just as as a husband sure. as a uh, leader as uh you know the the role model to their children you know it makes me think of ephesians 5 uh 25 husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her mm. having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word um, but you know, in, in the verses prior to wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So that word submit, I mean, when, whenever I, I really feel like whenever someone in the, that's outside of the reformed, uh, community, <laughs> here's that word submit. It's, yeah, it's, it's like this, word. yeah, it's like this, uh, you know, we're all of a sudden, uh, you know, Islam, yeah. you know, or something yeah. like, you know, like we're, yeah, chauvinist, we're pushing them around, you know, like that is horrible. Like well, if anybody's doing that out there, don't do that to your <laughs> wife. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you know, and we've said it before, uh, just remember the command we have as men. Okay. That wives have to submit. I have to die. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I have to lay my life down as Christ laid down his life for the church. So mm -hmm. I would say we might even have the greater command there, but what you were talking about and Chris, when you were talking, what's going on in my head is okay. So we know it's the created order, right? We, we have we have a biblical worldview that says we understand the created order. But I talk to unbelievers, uh, atheists, secularists, and, and they'll even admit, yeah, there there is a, a, a tendency towards they'll say nature or the natural, right? Uh, and, and I go, okay, so we know when I really get down to it, and I talk to um, a female friend, okay, and and. None of them go, oh, I want to be alone, 40 years old without kids, but I want to have a killer career. Even the ones that do say that, if you actually dig down a little bit, uh, they're ultimately going, well, I would really like uh, a man in my life that can provide for me and I yeah. can nurture children. And right now saying that even seems Ooh. you could be called Did sexist just for what I just that, said. Right? Greg? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But my well, point we're canceled is, now. And kind of so the that's question. Great. Thanks for being <laughs> on our last show, Chris. Yeah, we're canceled. Now. <laughs> uh, that's okay. You, YouTube and Facebook doesn't yeah, like us yeah. at all, anyway. I know, right? But yeah. my question to you guys are: so you have people that are unbelievers that might not even have a biblical worldview, but they still understand the natural order. We we know it's the created order. They say, "Oh, nature, right? Men are from what is it? Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Whatever." Yeah. Why is there such an acceptance and even a push? for this kind of toxic masculinity. Yep. We don't want it. Yep. Except the trans stuff, except the homosexual stuff, except the divided family stuff. Except I mean, the women leaders, the, 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 and, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the strong, you know, uh, masculinity within women. Yeah. Like why are we wanting that when deep down, even unbelievers understand that there's a natural order and a created order, yeah. you know, why do you think that our society is seeking after that when, when they when they even know it's un, unnatural? I guess that's not really a good word to use. But I mean, what do you think that is, Chris? I mean, it's almost like we're seeking after something that will eventually destroy us, even knowing better deep down. Is that a 
Is that a bad yep. premise or? Nope. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that we've seen it before too. Is I, I one of the, one of the one of the people that's a helpful guide in this respect. And this is not a full endorsement of what this person says. This is more um, when you hear it from someone like this, then you really know that they have no kind of ax to grind that's going to kind of serve your own agenda. Right. Uh, Camille Paglia. Mm. I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard of her, but mm. she's uh, teaches at a, uh, in an art school in, in uh, Philadelphia, but she wrote a book years ago entitled sexual persona. She's uh, a lesbian and she's a, a, uh, Kind of a, uh, well, uh, a kind of a bomb thrower in a sense that, in, that she says things that make a lot of people kind of crazy. She, she upsets a lot of people. Mm. But she, she's good at her analysis of kind of the cycles of, of, of civilizations and, and history. And even this transgender stuff, she says, we've seen this like five times, you know, in different civilizations at different points, Rome, Egypt, et cetera. And there are certain conditions that seem to be in place every time. And one of those uh, conditions is kind of a, uh, a kind of a, a situation we find ourselves in in our culture today where you've got decadence mm-hmm. and decadence. Uh, oftentimes, when we think about decadence, we think about decadence exclusively in terms of the excesses, sort of this, you know, ex- particularly the sexual excesses that you see in a decadent society. But what it, what decadence is really um, uh, kind of uh, a symptom of is a deep loss of confidence in the purpose for your civilization. So people are no longer willing to make sacrifices. People are no longer willing to do the kinds of things that, say, the greatest generation did. You know, when we think about the greatest generation, the World War II guys, you know, you know, the depression, all that kind of stuff. Oh, sure. Now, it's it's worth it's worth remembering that the generation prior to the greatest generation uh, was also considered decadent. You know, the Weimar Republic, you know, you got all the stuff going on in the Roaring Twenties. Uh, you know, you got the Great Gatsby, all that kind of stuff. There was a lot of uh, what we see today then, too. And uh, it took a crisis to kind of uh, bring people back to reality. So I think that a lot of the stuff we see today uh, in our society, generally speaking, is people living on um, borrowed time, people living on borrowed capital, people living on knowing all the while that there's going to be a payday, but they're trying to get it while the getting is good. Uh, they're trying to get what they can while, while they can. And, you know, we're talking about people that don't, don't have, uh, you know, the spiritual disciplines or virtues to kind of get their act together without uh, the kind the kind of the, the crisis that, that calls for it forth. So I, I think that we're heading for some hard times and those hard times are going to be very salutary in the sense that they're going to help people get back in touch with reality. One of the reasons why we see a lot of this nonsense, you know, you can make fun of masculinity when you don't really think you have anyone to fear. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But the moment that we are in a, uh, you know, uh, Life and death struggle with the Chinese. When it, when the when we go from Cold War to hot, yeah. all that crap is going to go out the window, and suddenly it's going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger movies all over again. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Can't wait for those. <laughs> Die hard on Christmas. <laughs> but but I, I do think that's the thing. I, I you know uh, a lot of these a lot of these people just they're you know why should I why should I think why should I uh, you know. Uh, 
look to a woman who has never really faced physical hardship, who's never really faced any kind of uh, significant um, physical challenge as a guide for how I should live my life as a man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Woman, you don't have any, you don't have anything to tell me if, if the, if the, you know, if things really got bad, you'd be hiding behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So why should I look at you as a source of, uh, you know, an, an authority when it comes to what it means to be a man? You have nothing to tell me. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, so good. Uh, and I know we're kind of focusing on men here, but I kind of think we had it in our head to kind of make it a more uh, for for men kind of episode. Yeah. If we could. And I know we talked about masculinity. Did you have something you wanted to? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I was yeah. going to see if we could shift gears a little bit. So we talked a little bit about masculinity and kind of what it means and defines. So. Going to that, then we look at what is biblical fatherhood then? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I even know of some brothers in the Lord who are self-professed Christians who who understand what masculinity maybe should be, but don't understand uh, the role role of a biblical father, right? A biblical man and a biblical father, and they're almost getting caught up in this and it's usually the younger generation, guys younger than me. It's happy wife, happy life uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's, mentality, right? That's not a bad mentality to have, though. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, well. uh, but you can't be your only mentality, right? Uh, so, so maybe we talk a little bit about. Maybe you can give out some a couple bullet points too of how you view biblical fatherhood and biblical manhood. Then, um, uh, Chris, what do you think? Well, I think that barring some kind of physical uh, problem. And barring a call to a celibate life like the Apostle Paul, then every man uh, should aspire to be a father. And if that's uh, something that you you uh, understand, then you know naturally you're going to look for a wife that you know you want to to be the mother of your children, mm-hmm. <laughs> a woman that possesses the kind of virtues uh, and and character traits uh, and um, that will compliment you as, you know, as uh, the mother of your children. So, you know, those things in mind, if that's, if that's kind of the starting point, um, then, you know, it kind of proceeds from there. I think a lot of the guys that I suspect a lot of the guys you're referring to, uh, Greg, uh, these young guys who are kind of looking to understand, say, masculinity or fatherhood or manhood, uh, almost uh, in a vacuum without reference to children or a wife, Correct. Um, are kind of, uh, kind of, kind of living in their own heads, <laughs> yeah. you know, or they're living, but with a kind of a red pill, you know, manosphere, uh, set of definitions. One of the things that's been encouraging to see in the manosphere, I don't know if you guys have ever gotten into that world or thought about it at all. So a lot of those guys, uh, are coming to Christ. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, moving in a, in a direction where they've, you know, they've, they've, you know, uh, had about as many women as you can have. They've done about as, you know, many things as they, as you can do. And they, and they're empty. Yeah. They've had all the experiences they've, you know, they've done all the things that they, that they learned you could do in a James Bond movie. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And now, now they're finally like, well, you know, uh, I feel empty. Why is that? Well, <laughs> it's because, you know, you were made, uh, to be a father and a husband, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's part of God's, uh, uh, you know, sort of purpose for all of those masculine things that you were engaged in without kind of uh, an actual purpose to serve that bigger than your own ego. So, yeah, I'd say that, uh, you know, when you get in touch with that, then it it takes you on a journey 
um, how do my masculine virtues serve somebody beside my own ego? Mm. Oh, that's good. And then, yeah. and then when you get to that point, then everything changes. And women can actually look at uh, you know masculine traits as a gift rather than a threat. Because I think most women, or many many uh, women in our society today, uh, whether they because they've been raised to think this way or just because of uh, bad men they've known, think of those masculine uh, sort of characteristics as being ways for men to kind of take advantage of them. Mm. So, you know, uh, the only way you can address that is kind of live it down and, you know, and, and that's by doing it the right way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's so right. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- this is awesome. I feel like I'm listening to the theology podcast right now. <laughs> I love it. If you guys haven't heard Shout the theology there. podcast, it's uh, one yeah, of our favorites. Glenn Sunshine. Uh, yeah. It's C.R. Wiley and Dr. Thomas Price. Um, just such a great podcast. Uh, I'm always listening to it, rewinding. What did he just say? What? Oh my gosh, these guys are so smart. <laughs> it's great. But uh, yeah, no, I, I was going to ask, um, can you kind of speak on the uh, traits of a a uh, biblical man, you know, just like the that side of, you know, the role of a man, uh, you know, it used to be cool to be, to to seek after holiness, you know, <laughs> but now it's like, you know, look down upon, yeah, yeah, it's like, what, what are you trying to do? No, God's going to forgive you for everything. Just keep going. Yeah. You stamped your ticket. <laughs> so, yeah. You do um, a pretty good Joel Olstein. Hey, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I got 600 grand in this wall over here. Oh, um, I didn't tell you Right, right. <laughs> but uh well, so, yeah. yeah yeah so what are some yeah. qualities we're looking for yeah we got some well, young think, men listening yeah i think certainly hol- pursuing holiness is important but we expect w- our wives to do that too mm-hmm. so that's yeah. a, that's a thing yeah. that that we're all supposed to do men and women yeah um i think the that my friend uh aaron wren reflects on this a lot i don't know if you guys are familiar with aaron yep but you know he he noted that uh, there were these guys uh you know i won't name any names but they, they, they kind of peddled this idea that if you were, you know, uh, a really, you know, uh, kind of sensitive Christian guy, that girls would find you attractive. Mm. And mm. Uh, what that was, it was a ticket to the friend zone for many, many yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. What, what girls are looking for is not, uh, you know, along that line. What girls are often looking for, they don't necessarily know how to put into words. It's not like they are like got a list of character traits and they're checking them off or something like that. It's kind of a feel. Mm. Um, and so I've talked to my daughter about this. I've talked to my daughters-in-law. I've got two daughters, daughters-in-law and I've, you know, just kind of said it, you know, kind of taught thinking out loud with them about, about this whole thing. And, and one of the things that my, that all, all three of the, the, the young ladies that I'm related to say is that they really want a guy who's got a plan. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, and the plan is not them. It's not just kind of living for them. Yeah, it's, right. it's, 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 it's more like, like the dude on the bike who says, Hey babe, I'm going somewhere nice. Want to come with me? Yeah. That's it. Those are the kind of guys <laughs> girls like right. a guy with a plan who's going somewhere yeah. and he's got enough confidence to, to say, this is what I'm going to do. And I'd like some, some, someone to go with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to come with me? Now that doesn't mean that a woman necessarily has nothing in her life that has to uh, anything to do with, uh, or nothing to do with, with a guy, you know, a woman can still have her own interests and her own, you know, pursuits and stuff like that. But, but uh, what, what, what a, what a woman finds attractive is a, is a man who's moving somewhere. You think about it this way, when you're sitting like on your, 
on your front porch and you're looking out over a big field and you see some movement in the distance, mm. it catches your eye. Mm. The same thing with a woman and a man. She sees some movement. He's going somewhere. It catches her eye. And mm. so, and she's like, well, what's, what's he doing? Mm. Right. You know, what, what's, what's he up to? Uh, is it look like he's going to actually be able to pull it off? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Those guys maybe, think so, maybe so, I should so, go for that right, bike ride. Right, right. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, she's thinking about this. Now, like I said, she doesn't necessarily spell it all out or have it written all down. It's kind of a feel. Sure. And uh, a lot of guys uh have failed to kind of uh well, they failed to pick up on those those things. Oh. And so they're not they're not behaving in ways that make them attractive. Uh, and when it comes to this, the matter of submission, I think one of the things we lose sight of when we talk about that is what do we want women to submit to us for? Mm. Get me a beer, baby. Is that where it stops? <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that all that we're talking about? <laughs> Are we talking about our household has a mission and we're going someplace and uh, there are certain things I know to do that I need some, I need you to support me in. Mm. And uh, I'm the only person who can do these things. So uh, come along and uh, and submit to me and, in, in, you know, in this matter. So I think that, you know, the larger picture is the thing. So it's not about the obliteration of a woman's personality or right. interests or, or gifts or anything like that, or always feeling like she's like put down or anything like that. It's, it's about, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like when you're in the army, you know, and you're given a command you know, there's, you know, there's no need to justify it yeah. it's because we have a mission and the mission is win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want to win. If we're going to win, we all have to work together. And that right. means that there has to be somebody in charge to kind of sh- sort of direct us in the, in the effort and all that kind of stuff. And just because you're in charge too, doesn't mean you, you can't take advice. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, your, your wife might have an insight into something that you have no clue about. Mm-hmm. And uh, if she says, hey, I really think that you need to keep this in mind, don't just dismiss it and say, ah, you know, you're supposed to just do what you're told. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're like, oh, really? Okay. What am I missing here? Explain it to me. Right. Uh, That kind of stuff. And then if she's right, you know what leadership does? Leadership says, change, change this course. woman is right. right, we're, right. Gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. No, it's so yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Greg. No, I was just gonna say you're absolutely right because even Doug Wilson talks a little bit about like CEO versus kind of executor, right? He gives that analogy. And I've been in some positions before where I've had to lead team members, and most successful CEOs or leaders of teams usually are in a consensus style management to where you do take into account uh, the, the advice and maybe the plans of others, ultimately it is up to that team leader, but a good leader does take advice. And, uh, man, I, if there's any young men out there listening or people who, you know, men who've just, uh, gotten married or young in their marriage, absolutely a, 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 uh, you know, a godly woman will give godly advice. And I, I've always said my wife has the perfect trick because I'm one of these guys that get real excited about a, something, a project, we're going to do it. Let's go, you know? And I should go, no, you know, maybe give some pushback or some advice. And then if we kind of are still, you know, not set on where we go, she goes, okay, well just go, go to the Lord in prayer. And if he says, where to do it, then uh, yeah. that we could do it. And it's like, oh, but she gets me every time. Oh, she man. She don't guys going to come back. You ain't got that. You're just all excited about something you want to do, you know? But uh, hey, well, look, if, you, if we're the head of the house, the wife's definitely the neck because the neck has to turn the head. Oh, hey, yeah. yo. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> happy wife, yeah, happy life. No, <laughs> like it's it's fun that you mentioned Doug. Doug's a friend of mine, you may know. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been in Doug's house several times. I've had my wife and and I and and he and Nancy have had dinner, you know, several times times. And I've seen, I've been in situations where I've been with his entire family. I've seen him with his kids, his grandkids and all that kind of stuff. And he is not what people think right. in those, in those, yeah. <laughs> everything you think is the case is not the case. I've been in settings where everybody else is talking and Doug is just sitting there smiling, kind of like watching what's going on. <laughs> That's so true. And, and, and when you're with Nancy and Doug, Nancy's talking about 80% of the time, yeah. <laughs> just, just so people know. That's so great. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's, uh, as we kind of finish this out here, I did want to get yeah. onto one more subject here because oh, we kind of okay. entrepreneurship. Because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. in your bio, yeah. you said you're a commercial uh, real estate investor. I'm a commercial and residential broker uh, for about 10 yeah. years. Jason uh, is an investor and day trader. Yeah. Day tra- can I? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a day trader, yeah. swing trader. I'm swing, okay. a little bit of everything. So we both own here. our own businesses. That's why we, yeah. That's yeah. Why we can do weird stuff like this, yeah. which... All glory to God. Yeah, amen. Uh, but, but that kind of piqued my interest when you said, "Hey, woman's looking for a man with a plan." Um, we kind of both jumped. You know, I left a six-figure job with health insurance to go. Oh, let's go start a real estate business in 2010 when uh, real estate was worth. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it, right. it's a long story. There was a certain reason why we did it. Um, but at the same time, had a plan, had a, a wife who supported it, mm-hmm. just like how you have a wife that oh, supports yeah. what what you're doing oh, now. Yeah. So you're talking to two guys who kind of jumped off the cliff into the deep end. And then I saw that you're doing a dabbling in some investment. So did, well, I guess one, I'd like to know about your investment a little bit, just kind of talk about that on a personal level, but two, like having a plan, right? Like, like Jason and I kind of, uh, said, well, yeah, we have a plan. Let's do something crazy. And our wives were more than supportive because either, I don't know, they saw the... The, the, the twinkle in our eye. <laughs> we can't take where we're yeah, working yeah. anymore. Yeah, we got to right, do our own yeah, thing. Right. I can't work at Ford Motor Company anymore. No, yeah, I right. But what, so what, what's your, uh, what do you got going on in real estate right now? I'm, that's just a personal interest since I'm in real estate too. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've kind of dialed back over the years. At one time, I had 18 uh, tenants in three states in New England. So I was pretty deep in, um, I sold everything before the crash in 2008. Wow. So I saw, I saw it coming. Yeah. Anyone who tells you that no one saw it coming is, is, is clueless. Yeah. A lot of people saw it coming people on the ground, by the way, Greg, you got back in at a good time in 2010. That was exactly the time you should get in. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I think, um, you know, so I still have properties back in Connecticut. My my second son uh, manages them for us, and um, so uh, you know, I'm still gotta gotta uh, you know my my feet in the water there. I'm actually involved in something that may develop into something out here in Washington. I'm actually a uh, I'm actually an, on the advisory board of a pretty significant um, property uh, development company in Seattle. Okay, I'm actually. I'm actually the uh, theological consultant. Oh wow! So you may, <laughs> That's awesome. Wait a minute, how does this work? <laughs> yeah, they 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 even pay me. But wow. it's one of these things where I'm like, you know, like you remember the old Bat Batman show, you know, with the Bat phone. Sure. You got like the 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 theological consultant phone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a lot of fun. All the, obviously, the, the, the all the principals are believers, and um, and they approached me because they had read my books. So. Um, uh, so I'm involved in some things that may develop into some fairly significant stuff uh, with those guys. So 
Uh, that's kind of where I am now. In terms of how you guys got into it, the fact that your wives said, sure, let's go for it is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Email. thing that kills a lot of entrepreneurial drive for, for men is when their wives don't believe in them. Mm. Yeah. And that to say, no, I can't, I can't go with you. I, now there can be different reasons why it may not have anything to do with the guy. It may have to do with her background, may have to do with her own fears, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but it's huge. It's really huge. So like my wife, she came from a family of real estate investors. So my wife is like the uber feminine type. You know, she, she actually literally is, she actually is kind of a cross between a beautician and a kindergarten teacher. So she's like the yeah. ultimate, you know, and she teaches piano. So she's got, oh, wow. uh, you know, this, this, and she's a, she's a pastor's wife and, and she's uh, very loved by the churches that we've served. But, you know, for her, you know, when I said, Hey, this is back in like 1994, I said, yeah, we're going to buy a two family. She was like, right. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> They're not making any more dirt, Chris. Let's go. <laughs> right. Right. So that gives you a little bit of background on me. Oh, that's you know, awesome. Got to- yeah, yeah, anything as we head out, Jay? Yeah, no, no. I, I've enjoyed this a lot. Um, uh, Glenn Sunshine may have a little bit of competition here. I think you may have <laughs> turned into the favorite over here at Uh-oh. Dead Men Walking. <laughs> we love Glenn, man. He is so yeah. cool. But yeah. uh, no, thank you so much for your time, Chris. We really appreciate it. And we would love to have you back on. I know we, we dug into a lot there, guys. And, you know, hopefully uh, we can have him back on, maybe maybe do a a. a two-part something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if he we'll still likes us or not. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> well, I'd, 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 love to, I'd love to come back. Uh, thanks yeah. for having me. I think one of the things that would be fun to talk about is how you can be a pastor and do all this other stuff. Mm. Yeah, you know, by vocation. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. so I really do think that over the years, my, uh, my involvement in uh, these other uh, spheres has actually uh, benefited my ministry, not taken anything mm. away. Wow. That's a good, well, that's a good, nice teaser for another episode. Right. (laughs) All right. So as we head out, uh, we'll link this up on our pages and everything, but tell people where they can get a hold of you on social media. Um, any new books you got out, anything you need them to go check out that you have on the horizon. Yeah. Well, I've got a number of books that you can get, you know, anywhere you buy books, but, uh, I got a new one that should be coming out this week called in the house of Tom Bombadil. And, uh, it's obviously a Tolkien thing mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be uh, out in all formats or it was supposed to be out in all formats on the 14th, uh, which is Tuesday this coming week. But it turns out because of the supply chain stuff mm-hmm. that only the audio book and the digital book will be available. The other physical book is like on a boat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, That's that great. just means our listeners need to go buy both. Right, right. Go, go buy the audio yeah, and then go buy the exactly. Physical. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. How about social media? Are you right, active on there right. anywhere? Well, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I don't do anything on Twitter. Um, okay. I, I got tired of being awakened, you know, in the middle of the night with lesbians trying to. Uh, get me canceled. So I, I said, that's it. I'm done with this. So. Oh, yeah. He yeah, did yeah. the old reverse cancel. <laughs> yeah, right, he just right. jumped off of Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. did I. There you go. Awesome. Well, Chris, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was such a good conversation. I know we went a little bit long, but it was worth it. Yeah. Um, guys, as always, we appreciate you listening. Uh, be, be sure to uh, check out some of the stuff, and we'll link up to Chris's books and, and his uh, stuff on our page. And then make sure you check out dmwpodcast.com too. We have all kinds of new merch out there. Mm-hmm. I can still get to you in time for Christmas. And we appreciate you listening, sharing the podcast. That's the only way 
uh, that we grow. We don't do any advertising here, uh, just strictly you guys hearing the guests and hearing us talk and then sharing it with a friend and hopefully bringing glory to God in the process. Jason, anything before we're out? No, thank you guys. All right, guys, as always, God bless. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Men Walking Podcast for full video podcast episodes and clips or email us at deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.